to Conveyancing Matters with Lorraine and Stu. Join us for a chat about all things property. So welcome, welcome to this Conveyancing Matters February 24 news flash. Um, the first thing to say is that uh, that my lovely partner in crime, Stu, isn't with me for this one. Um, he's unfortunately a bit under the weather. So uh, I'm sending lots of love to Stu and hoping that he gets better soon. But um, as some of you conveyancers out there will know, the Law Society has finally uh, produced some resource on the Building Safety Act. So uh, we thought it would still be a good idea to uh, to put a bit of a news flash out there to uh, to tell you about it but first things first let me give you some even more important news than the law society's uh, resources on the building safety act and that is you've still got time to uh, buy tickets or uh, attend our convincing matters live event in birmingham as you may know Stu and i have been doing live cpd events for a while we like the idea of doing CPD with a difference. So these are uh, in very sort of informal settings uh, from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. in the evenings. And you can sort of hoover around, get a beer with your ticket and listen to Stu and I uh, talking about uh, conveyancing issues. And the next one is on the 28th of February. And we are in Birmingham. We're being supported by our lovely friends from Move Reports. Darren, Mike and Rich in particular, they've uh, they've supported us before and we always have a laugh when uh, when they're with us. Uh, you get some CPD points as well. Our annual subscribers, so Convincing Matters annual subscribers get to attend for free. Uh, but if you want to come along, you're more than welcome. The tickets are only £10 each. And to subscribe or um, buy yourself a ticket, you just need to go to www.conveyancing-matters.co.uk. But frankly, while you're there, why don't you look at the subscription? Because you get a whole host of CPD webinars, a fresh CPD webinar every month. And if you're an individual, that is just £40 per year. And if you are a firm, a corporate subscription is only £150 per year. But we would really love to see you on the 28th of February in Birmingham. And also you may have noticed uh, that we did a prize draw for uh, a £100 um, uh, Pizza Express voucher before Christmas, just as a bit of a Christmas gift to our subscribers. And I'm delighted to say, and we put it out on social media, that um, that uh, property lawyer Angie Dooling from Setford's won uh, and got the uh, Pizza Express voucher. So we do hope that um, our consultant conveyancer subscriber at Setford's, Angie, uh, enjoys her Pizza Express meal on us. But um, I really can't sort of go any further without talking to you about the uh, Law Society's uh, fairly extensive guidance, it must be said, on the Building Safety Act. I don't know what it is about uh, Valentine's Day and the Building Safety Act, but um, of course the qualifying leaseholder status revolves around the 14th of February 2022 as being the capture date uh, and perhaps to add some romantic synergy to that, the Law Society put out its guidance for conveyances on the 14th of February 2024. And the uh, the observant amongst you will note that that is some two years um, uh, after uh, the um, the qualifying leaseholder status date and at least a year after we all had to start really worrying about the act. So one could say if one was being a little bit uh, less than positive that the Law Society have taken a long time to get this uh, to get this guidance out. But on the other hand, 
they uh, point out to us that they have sort of been liaising with government um, uh, and other stakeholders to uh, to give us the guidance. So, uh, and of course, it's the sort of guidance that is equally relevant to um, CLC regulated firms as well as SRA regulated firms. So I'm sure if you're in a CLC regulated firm and the Building Safety Act is continuing to vex you, then um, uh, it would certainly be worth a read for you. It appears to be just available to click. You don't have to, um, you don't have to, uh, you know, be a Law Society member or be able, have to sign in to access it. Uh, from what I can tell, as Stu and I, of course, will be doing in the next month or two, we will do one of our C a CPD webinar for our subscribers on at least the sort of edited highlights of the guidance and the sorts of things that are in it. And uh, and if you want a more detailed course either on the Act or, or the guidance, then, of course, I'd be happy to, to deliver that for you, so to get in touch. But uh, but let me just tell you briefly what the guidance, sort of what the Law Society intro tells us, and then I'll leave you to um, to have a look at it. Well, they remind us, firstly, that the guidance is primarily for those acting in residential leasehold conveyancing matters relating to individual property and, of course, looks at acting for a seller and a buyer and lender. Uh, it doesn't act. It doesn't involve acting for uh, landlords, developers, cladding manufacturers, contractors, etc. So this is very much aimed at what I might call sort of coalface conveyances. And um, the Law Society rather, rather helpfully reminds us that the Building Safety Act legislation is complex with new primary and secondary legislation yet to come and ongoing amendments. And of course, that is, of course, as we've established, one of the difficulties with the Act, isn't it? The fact that um, the government is already, it was hastily drafted, very poorly drafted, probably one of the worst pieces of legislation in living memory, really, for complexity, opacity and, lake, and you know, lack of clarity. And of course, the problem is that the lenders have really, uh, some lenders, and I would say the most egregious offenders would be HSBC, Nationwide and Barclays, have layered such onerous responsibilities on conveyances uh, in relation to the Act that many conveyances, I think, with a risk-averse hat on, have decided that they're simply not prepared to act in transactions where the flat in question might fall within a relevant building and could therefore fall within the ambit of the Act. So if you are in that camp, um, you may wish to read the guidance really to see if it changes your view uh, on on what your firm may or may not be prepared to do. It's undoubtedly um, useful guidance and it contains, and I quote from the Law Society now, so I acknowledge their copyright, but it provides information on uh, an introduction, introduction of the Act, who pays to remediate tall buildings uh, affected by fire safety issues, general criteria for working on Building Safety Act 2022 matters. That, I think, will be great relevance. Um, establishing if a building is in scope, advising sellers, advising buyers and lenders, leaseholder-owned blocks and the position in Wales. And please do note that the guide and indeed the Act mainly affects the position of uh, flats in England. It contains links to government guidance um, and, <coughs> excuse me, will, uh, you know, invariably be useful for conveyances. Um, I'll be interested to see if it says anything different to uh, to what I've been training for the last 12 months. But um, uh, I'm, you know, I'm unconvinced that firms that have decided that they're not going to act because of the risk are, are going to change their view because of the guidance. But um, certainly I would suggest because the guidance has come out 
Um, you could usefully perhaps look at your practice wide risk assessment or your PCPs and just sort of review those in the light of the guidance. Because when a professional body does give out guidance on, a, 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 you know, a difficult, risky area of work, then firms should sit up and listen. And of course, to be quite frank, I would expect your professional indemnity insurer also to have expected you to um, to have considered it, particularly, frankly, if you are acting for uh, uh, in transactions where um, the uh, the property in question might fall within the scope of the act. So, um, you know, I'll leave you to have a look at it. Uh, it's a it's a 25 minute read, according to the Law Society, but I suspect it will take you uh, longer to pick it apart when you start to look at the detail. But um, that's the sort of news flash aspect, really. Uh, it only came out on the 14th of Feb. Please do go to the Law Society's website and find it. But other things have happened since the beginning of the year, which, um, as I say, despite Stu's absence, bless him, I do just want to uh, sort of mention to you, really. And actually, um, we posted, Stu and I posted a really useful, a really interesting chat, actually, that we had with a US mortgage broker called Scott Hastings. We posted that on the 22nd of Jan 2024, so early in the year. Um, and it, uh, we talked to Scott about the um, Keller Williams case in America, which is a ruling in Missouri, which found that the National Association of Realtors, so you know, National Association of Estate Agents, essentially, um, and some of the largest real estate brokerages, estate agents, um, uh, which include Keller Williams, which, of course, have a presence over here, were, were, were guilty of conspiring to keep their commissions, to keep their fees artificially high. And um, what Scott was interested in, Scott sought out Stu and I actually to sort of talk about it and um, was wondering whether... Uh, you know, America, therefore, might sort of move slightly more towards the, you know, the, the, the England and Wales model uh, as a result of the um, case. I'm not sure what conclusion uh, we reached particularly, but um, but it's a really interesting case. Scott's a very, very nice chap. Um, and um, th this litigation, unsurprisingly, with American litigation is going to carry on. Um, uh, so you might just want to um, uh, check that out. You hopefully have noticed also moving on that uh, on the 16th of Jan 24, the Landredge um, announced a pilot where um, they finally worked working with mortgage lenders to ensure that um, mortgage lenders will no longer need to chase conveyances for updates on the status of land registry applications. And uh, in the pilot, the Landredge is going to provide 10 of the top mortgage lenders with data on progress of their registration applications directly. Uh, and of course, the idea is that um, the new service will be more efficient, save time and drive valuable savings for lenders and conveyances. So, you know, that's all very well. Um, but of course, the argument really is if the land registry hadn't let things get so bad in the first place, lenders wouldn't have been sucking up vast amounts of conveyance um, resource by, you know, being chased in the first place and on the law society's website an ex land registry you know retired land registry employee rather sort of laments the problem um and uh, and i think that's uh, uh, to be quite honest i think that's pretty fair comment but anyway at least some positive news that um at least with the big lenders hopefully you're not going to be chased on such a regular basis for progress of your registrations Moving on, I mean, leasehold reform grinds on. Uh, there's so much uh, new stuff with, uh, you know, around and contemplated with leasehold that uh, conveyances would be forgiven for deciding that actually 
Building Safety Act or not, it's perhaps just such a risky area of work that you need to look very carefully at whether you do it or not. Uh, or at least I think you need to look very carefully at your reports, because I think your report should probably be changing, even on, as I say, a non-Building Safety Act property. You need to be sort of saying, well, you know, leasehold is changing. Um, uh, you know, we don't have a crystal ball. But the Leasehold and Reform Bill was introduced in November 2023. Uh, the consultation on restricting ground rents for existing leaseholders closed on the 17th of Jan. Uh, I mean, I think actually the large, you know, freehold investors are going to have something to say about that. They already are starting to rattle their chains. I mean, it might have a significant impact if um, existing ground rents are changed um, retrospectively. That's going to have a significant impact on long term investors for whom ground rent is a source of income. And of course, our pension funds invest in those companies. So um, so nothing is, um, you know, there's nothing is without significant consequence. Um, but uh, the government is also hoping, and I quote, to reinvigorate common hold. So maybe, uh, you know, the developers and all of the lawyers who ignored common hold when it was introduced um, uh, might have to still get to grips with it yet. Um, and of course, you know, the government's desire to regulate managing agents is probably a good idea. But, you know, one has to say, well, where's the money and the resource going to come from to, to enforce all this? Um, we talked about sort of leasehold changes, you know, more generically in December. And I suspect, you know, that's going to be the gift that keeps on giving for conveyances uh, during 2024. We're it's a topic we're going to keep re returning to. So we've read that the government's considering launching 99% loan to value mortgages to help first time buyers get onto the housing ladder, um, you know, query the extent to which government interventions are actually useful. Um, and um, government sources have said, uh, you know, the secretive government sources have said that uh, the new government back scheme is being considered following the end of help to buy. And there might be an announcement in the uh, spring budget on the 6th of March. Watch this space. It might be an idea that's being floated just to sort of test the market. And if there's lots of negative feedback, they probably won't do it. Um, of course, I think the practical impact for us as conveyances, we're, of course, not qualified to, to, to advise on mortgages, and nor should we. We should only be giving generic advice. But of course, the impact there is if we've got a lot of people coming into the market who've got you know, 1% deposits to offer rather than 10%. Well, I think you're going to see a lot more simultaneous exchange and completions and all of the problems that that brings. Because, of course, with the simultaneous, we've got no binding contract. Um, so, uh, you know, I think there could be ramifications there if, uh, if that product is introduced. The Digital Property Market Steering Group has published its roadmap to focus on emerging digital technologies. I have to say, you know, I'm an old Luddite and a bit of an old technophobe. I completely um, I completely accept that. But um, uh, and I'm not the first person to say and I won't be the last, I'm sure. But I do wonder what the post office and horizon scandal has taught us about over reliance on technology. Um, uh, and I do worry that, uh, um, you know, a problem with such an integral part of the system of the of UK house buying being reliant on, you know, digitization and technology. That could be catastrophic if it goes wrong, couldn't it? Um, legal Futures have um, uh, reported on the rebuking of a legal executive. The SRA's decision here is available to review. <clears throat> and I always think it's um, useful for us to remind ourselves of sort of conduct problems that our regulators, the SRA and the CLC, 
um, uh, you know, have to consider because, of course, I think where sort of professional conduct is concerned and thing go, things going wrong, uh, there's often a sort of an element of there, but for the grace of God, go we. And um, fundamentally, and I think a lot of us would recognise this scenario, um, a legal executive was introduced to a client who the legal executive um, understood to be an existing client of the firm. Um, the client attended the office without an appointment. How frequently is you know, how frequent is that? Very. You know, we're we're probably one of the only professionals that's expected to drop everything when a client walks in. No, you wouldn't see get a doctor or a dentist just dropping everything if we walked in and demanded to be seen, would you? But uh, the client attended the offices without an appointment, was introduced by the receptionist as a pre-existing client. Um, the client confirmed that they had received some support from the firm uh, on the same property. The uh, legal exec, unfortunately, and it could have been, you know, it could have been a solicitor, could have been me, assumed that as the firm had acted for him before the relevant client ID checks had been done. Uh, and um, he said he made a mental note to check it later, but of course didn't do so, unfortunately. Um, uh, and um, he, you know, the, the finding was, which was accepted, he failed to carry out the relevant client ID checks in relation to that client and had failed to act in the best interests of each client breaching principle seven. So that's just a really important reminder of make no assumptions. I say that a lot in my training. A tiny but boring sort of admin point, really, that's going to have more of an impact than it should. Uh, the legal ombudsman address has changed from Monday, the 22nd of January 2024. It's got a new P.O. box number. Uh, therefore, you need to make sure that your um, client correspondence, complaints, procedures, terms and conditions, client care letter, information on your website, social media, etc., all of the areas where you're required to give the legal ombudsman's address, you need to make sure it's updated. Um, and the new postal address is PO Box 6167 Slough SL1OEH. And um, a redirect, apparently postal redirect, assuming it works, is going to be in place until for three months ending on the 16th of April 2024 to allow time for the updates to be carried out. So get somebody making those amendments. And also, in you know, all change here, the SRA has reported on a definition change of a PEP of a um, politically exposed person, an amendment to the money laundering regs making changes to the treatment of PEPs has come into force came into force on the, 20, uh, the 10th of January 2024. That's the 10th of January 2024. And um, the status of UK politically exposed persons is different to overseas PEPs. Um, so uh, and the amendment means that domestic PEPs must still be subject to enhanced due diligence, but um, must be treated as a lower risk than overseas PEPs. So, um, Again, you might wish to review your policies and procedures as a result of that. Um, the Law Society has obviously spent lots of its resource and time recently on the Building Safety Act guidance. So um, the changes to the uh, the methods of it, you know, the way we exchange contracts that the Law Society mentioned with a burst last November appears to not have been updated since then. Their, their very closed short consultation period um, has now closed. Uh, I'm not aware that their um, protocols for exchange or any element of their proposed changes to the way we exchange contracts has, has gone forward, but you're going to need to keep an eye out for it, I think. Um, the Landreg um, has, to be fair, 
put out lots of training um, or reminded us about lots of training resources that they have on their website recently. And they do report, and I think this is quite a salutary figure, actually. They report that in 2023, they sent almost a million requisitions, but 70% of which came down to about 30 specific issues. So, you know, there are 30 sort of regular points that the land reg is coming across that's generating all of this additional work in the conveyancing uh, process. Um, uh, collectively, of course, th those requisitions take a huge amount of time and money to resolve. And what the land reg have done, and I think this is a really useful resource for anybody in firms who is involved with uh, post-completion work, they've put together 10 short videos designed to help firms lodge um, complete and correct applications. And it's aimed at staff who are new to conveyancing or post-completion teams. Um, so just be aware that that resource is there. Now, I'm not a fan uh, of talking about consultations in relation to property work, not least because we have such a lot of um, current uh, issues to consider that impact on us daily that, that, that things that might not come into force, um, you know, I'll keep a weather eye on, but don't necessarily think we need to think about too carefully. But having said that, um, the department, uh, the DLUHC has announced a consultation on land ownership and trusts. And I do think this is one that you might want to, to make a comment on. The consultation closes on the 21st of Feb 2024, but it is of great significance to property practitioners. So it's worth a mention. So the consultation is called Transparency of Land Ownership Involving Trusts Consultation, and it's seeking views on improving transparency of land ownership involving trusts. Uh, and of course, it's it's the prompt for this has obviously been um, the Register of Overseas Entries requirements, entities rather, requirements. Um, and it's seeking general views on how ownership of land involving trusts can be more transparent and it applies to residential and commercial property. Now, of course, the outcome of the consultation could have a significant impact on property transactions. Of course, um, to date, beneficial ownership is kept off the land registry's register of title um, and, and rightly and understandably so. And that's really one of the reasons we have overreaching, of course. Uh, and the idea that there might be more information about beneficial ownership on the registers of title is something that isn't actually necessarily a good idea for the conveyancing process itself, albeit, um, of course, the broader perspective of uh, trying to, um, you know, deal with crime and the proceeds of crime is um is 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 clearly unarguable but i do think it's something we need to keep an eye on in various different guises the idea of um putting details about beneficial ownership on the registers of title it, it sort of hoves into view periodically and then and then the government rose rose away from it um but as i say there is a consultation out there on that so if you do feel that you want to comment on it and frankly i think you should then uh, you've got till the 21st of feb to do that so I hope that that little sort of jaunt through some of the new things that uh, that have, have caught our eye um, is helpful and useful. Uh, I really hope that uh, Stu will get better very soon and um, will be able to join me again uh, for our next chat. Um, I do feel I do feel quite lonely here uh, uh, without him. So um, I hope that that news flash has been helpful. And please do make sure that you look at that Law Society guidance on the Building Safety Act. Take care and I'll see you soon.